You're listening to the Mission Motherhood Podcast, Episode 8. This may be a tough episode to listen to, and it was a tough episode for me to record. If you're listening to this on the day that it is airing, then you're listening to this about a week or so into the racial injustice outcries in our country, the protests, the riots that have been happening as a response to the death of George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, and countless others in the Black community. As a Black woman and as a Black mother, I have been extremely grieved throughout this entire last week or so. And I decided to pause content um, that was regularly scheduled for this podcast. You may have noticed that there was no podcast episode last week, and that was on purpose. Um, I have been extremely vocal in my um, social media content about my stance with the Black Lives Matter movement, especially as a Black person in America. This fight is not over, and I pray that this fight does not dwindle after the next couple of weeks when the next big news story happens. This episode is going to be dedicated to talking about how do we show up for our kids when the weight of the world is on our shoulders. Because in times like this, this is exactly what that feels like. This is more than just your normal stress, your normal mental load. This is a time of crisis and emotional trauma, and it can feel very difficult, if not impossible, to continue on with regularly scheduled programming in your household, with your kids, in motherhood, and parenting, in your marriage, when there's just so much weighing on you. I wanted to talk about a lot of different things with this episode, and Chances are there will be more episodes that talk about Black Lives Matter and racial injustice in our society. But for today, I wanted to address all moms, black, white, brown, yellow, all moms that are on the front lines in their homes and are choosing to be on the front lines of the anti-racist movement of 2020 and beyond. Without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to the Mission Motherhood Podcast, a podcast created to help you conquer the mental load of motherhood so you can be intentional with the missions God has called you to both in and out of motherhood. Here, you will learn how to manage it all, your time, your home, your family, your career, and more so you can go from feeling overwhelmed and stretched thin to mothering with joy and living fully on purpose for the Lord. If you're ready to change your motherhood narrative, reclaim your joy, own your time, and get back to your mission, then you're in the right place. I'm your host, founder, and CEO of Mission Motherhood, Caroline J. Sumlin. Ready? Let's do this. 
Hey mama, I appreciate you being with me today and I hope that you are feeling as okay as you can be because I think it would be almost insulting to assume that you may be feeling wonderful right now unless you are hiding under a rock or you just don't care about the things that are going on right now in our world. But if you are here, if you're listening to this podcast, then I'm assuming that you are part of the camp of people that are very much involved with what's happening in our world right now and in the media with Black Lives Matter, the racial injustice, all the things. So I appreciate you taking the time to be with me today to listen to this episode. I don't take that lightly because I know that you are, um, that you have so much content coming into your mind right now from social media, the numerous amounts of stories and posts that are being shared and reshared, the videos, the cops, the brutality, the protests, the fires, the rioting, the looting, all of it, the arguments and the, the debates Black Lives Matter versus All Lives Matter, all the things. It's exhausting. So I don't take lightly that you're with me today listening to this episode and choosing to consume this content. I promise that this content will be exactly what you're looking for if you're feeling the weight of everything on your shoulders right now. This will be the break that you've needed. This will be the permission to rest This will be the tangible, actionable tips that you might be looking for with how in the world do you continue showing up with your kids or showing up for your kids when you're feeling like doing the exact opposite. Let's be real. I really struggled with what to call this episode for for a while. Um, I knew after I took a week off from having an episode that I wanted the next episode that I did to address what's going on. Our world has completely shifted and it just seems like that keeps happening, right? With COVID and and now this and who knows what will happen tomorrow. And that's just, that's reality. And that's what we have to do when when we are content creators, I'm speaking, you know, to those of us that do that, or just for specifically for myself, content creators, I'm here to create content that serves you. And I would be remiss if I just continued on with business as usual and took a week off of, of posting, but then just continued on with my timeline, because that's not serving you where you are right now. There's so much on my heart and mind that I want to talk about right now in the wake of the largest uproar of the Black Lives Matter movement that we've ever seen. You know, on one hand, I I wanted to talk about, you know, of course, what this episode is about, which is how do we continue doing this mom thing when we're exhausted, grieved, perhaps angry, and whatever other emotion you may be experiencing right now. Since the recent black lives lost at the hands of police or civilian in the case of Ahmaud Arbery and the devastating yet necessary protests that have erupted as a result. How do we continue to maintain our joy, mother with intention and teach our children what's going on 
where we can barely process these emotions ourselves. I'm speaking specifically from the perspective of being a black mother grieving my own battles with racism my whole life, being married to a black man and raising black children and wanting so desperately to not have to teach my children the same lessons about being black that my mother had to teach me. I'm also speaking from the perspective of someone who grew up in Minneapolis and watched the murder of George Floyd happen in the city that was my safe haven growing up. I mean, guys, if you know me personally, you know I love the Twin Cities. I go hard for Minnesota. So watching that happen in my backyard, or my former backyard, was was devastating. I'm speaking from the perspective of a Black person who has been having countless conversations with her non-Black followers online to educate, bridge gaps, and begin the hard work of anti-racism. All these thoughts, emotions, and more have essentially taken over my life this last week or so, and my poor kids have had to deal with a mama who hasn't quite been herself lately. Your perspective might be different. You might be a white woman listening to this, and perhaps you just jumped on the anti-racism train. You've begun doing the hard work, the heavy reading, the documentary watching, and the conversation having. You're talking to your children about anti-racism and inclusion. You're grieved as well at the deaths and most recent, um, at all the deaths and most recently that of George Floyd. You're weary and you're grieved, but you're, you're, you're weary and you're grieved for different reasons than, than perhaps someone like myself. The bottom line is, though, that this is all very exhausting, which is probably one of the reasons why the world has avoided it for so long. And I say one of because there are so many reasons. I just won't get into that right now. But we haven't seen this response. This this of um we haven't seen this large of a response, I should say, to racism and civil rights in a very long time. I might need to do some research to see if the Rodney King riots were as large as these protests or riots that we're having right now, but I don't think that they are, or that they were, excuse me. Also, now that we have social media, this is like the first nationwide or really global demonstration or movement of our time that we've seen because we're able to document and share and spread faster than we ever have before. So how do we as mothers continue on with the hard work of mothering when we are facing an emotional exhaustion that is unlike anything we've experienced before? Now, there's more that I wanted to talk about when I was really debating on um, really what this episode should be about. I'll give you just some examples of some of the other topics that I contemplated and If you would like to hear these topics, then I would love it if you would um, come on over to Instagram and shoot me a DM and let me know if that's if that's what you'd like, because if that interests you, then I will definitely make sure that these topics get into my um, run sheet of episodes coming up. But the other topics that I thought about were raising black children in America and the mission of the black mother. 
What are we really fighting for anyway? This is more than police, police brutality. This is hundreds of years of systemic oppression that our country was built on. Or I thought about talking about my own story of being a black woman in America and how I fear for my children going through the same things I went through and how to cope with that as a mom. Lots of things, lots of thoughts, lots of possibilities. So if you are interested in any of those topics, or even if you have a topic suggestion, please feel free to let me know. I would be honored to listen to you and to consider the things that are on your mind right now. But if you're like me, my mind has been spinning. Your mind has probably been spinning. My emotions have been racing. Your emotions have probably been racing. It's, it's all been, it's been so much. It's been a lot, you know. But I think it's important for us to talk about how to continue mothering in this extreme state of exhaustion, weariness, grief, because we know that motherhood never stops, no matter how badly we may wish it could sometimes. And by the way, if you ever do wish this, if you ever do wish that motherhood could just stop sometimes, you are not a bad mom. Let me just address this really quickly because I know I talk a lot about having a positive, joyful mindset towards motherhood, but that does not mean that you don't ever struggle. It doesn't mean that you don't ever need or want a break. It doesn't mean that you don't ever reach burnout. It means that you are taking conscious, continuous action to take care of yourself with routine maintenance to hopefully avoid getting to a place of complete crash and burn. And I should say conscious, continuous action to take care of yourself and to maintain your, your foundation that helps things run and, and run smoothly so that you don't completely crash and burn when things get really hard. That means that that foundation is there to keep you, your engine running when things are great, they're great. And when things get hard, they're manageable. And then when things get really hard, they're really hard, but you're still not at that crash and burn part or phase yet because of the, the conscious work that you do on a daily basis to have that mindset and to work towards having that narrative of motherhood that is positive and joyful. So when you get to times like this, you know how to respond, you know how to take care of yourself, you know what to do, you know what you need, you know how to survive. Because at this point, this is survival. Okay. It means also that you remain solution oriented when you realize that something isn't working. It means that when things get hard, you don't play the victim. You're always in the mindset of the overcomer, even when things are hard. All of this positivity or this mindset, the solution orientedness, all of that can exist in the midst of grief, sorrow, burden, overwhelm, and more. And I know that that's what many of us are feeling right now, myself included. I am not exempt from this. You may re realize right now that my tone is different than what it normally is. Talking about this is not easy for me. I don't even really want to record this episode because it's taking an immense amount of strength to choke back the emotion 
because this is something that we have to talk about. And I wish this was not our reality. I wish it wasn't, but it is. And it has to be dealt with because change will not happen if we do not have the conversations. And as moms, change will not happen if we are not taking care of ourselves. It's actually been really difficult to even continue with business as usual within the last week or so for me, I will say. I was already beginning to feel worn out from COVID. I think it was finally starting to hit me that a break from my kids hadn't happened in well over a year. Um, just considering the timing of everything I just had. Um, my, my, my youngest was born last February in 2019. Um, so I spent the better half of the, like this very time last year, I had a newborn still even, I mean, of course, like June, they're like, what, four months old. I mean, I think she was like four months old, but, um, still newborn ish, little tiny baby. Um, and my youngest had a lot of health problems as well. And that was really difficult time for us. Like we were in and out of the hospital for the first couple of months of her life. And so that was hard. Like I was, I was actually very much in the house. I was very much living a quarantined lifestyle, um, managing a new, a newly two-year-old because my two-year-old turned two, two days before her sister was born. So that dynamic was very interesting. Um, so I, I, I definitely, I didn't have a lot of help. My mom visited around my birthday, I think, which was in April. And she had gone home by then, um, by like if it was, you know, this time last year, but she was not um, able to be there for the birth. She was having surgery and um, my, my in-laws, my, my, my husband's parents were working and my husband was working. He had just gotten a new job and the dynamic was, was, was very hard. I, I, no break, not, not to mention, I was also working for um, a virtual assistant agency at the time too. This was before I actually had launched um, this brand, this Mission Motherhood brand. So it's been a while since I've had a real break from my kids because of everything that was going on last year. Fast forward to now and right before COVID happened, my, my family and I, we moved. We um, were so blessed to be able to find our dream home and to to, to um, buy a house and move and we moved about two weeks before COVID happened, which also happened to be my, my daughter's birthdays. So my daughter, my oldest daughter turned three, my youngest daughter turned one. We moved the week before their birthday. We had their birthday. My mom was in town for their birthday. My mom left COVID happened. She got home right in time to basically go to Costco, get a bunch of groceries and quarantine herself. We did the same and boom, shut the doors and barely left the house since then. So when I say the weariness has it has finally started to set in, that's actually pretty impressive for me, if, if I do say so myself, considering it's been such a long time since I've had any break from my children, like any real, like no one has taken my kids. They've not gone to grandma's house for the night or a weekend or anything. My husband and I have not had any time away to ourselves. We haven't really had a date night. We spent Valentine's Day moving like the struggle has been real. Okay. And then we both had quarantine birthdays because his birthday is in March. Mine's in April. It's been a lot. So 
that was really starting to hit me right as the murder of George Floyd happened and the overnight publicity of the Black Lives Matter movement was just kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. Um, you know, when the weight of the world is just the extra weight on top of your own personal weight or whatever issues you may be dealing with in your own families, the burden can feel like too much to carry. That is more than just a regular mental load of motherhood of just all the things. That is where you get to the point of emotional trauma. So how do we do this when we're in the midst of emotional trauma, when it's more than just a mental load, when it's literally the weight of the world? How do we show up for our kids day in and day out when all we want to do is disappear, cry, scream, run away, etc.? How? Because I'll let you know, all last week it felt impossible. I had to go through this myself and seek the Lord and ask him for his wisdom to even be able to get to this point of recording this episode with, um, right here and teaching you the same thing. And I will let you know, I don't have it all. I don't have all the answers. I'm here learning with you. But if I could just get one step ahead of you or two steps ahead of where you might be, that I'm so grateful to be in this position to be able to teach you what the Lord has taught me to be able to take your hand and help you along your own journey as well. That is my absolute honor for every single one of you listening to this episode, every single one of you that follows me on social media, every single one of you that subscribes to my email list. It is my honor to serve you in this capacity. My absolute honor, even though I don't have all the answers. I'm not going to pretend like I do. I will be real. I'll be raw. I'll be vulnerable. I, I, I promise you that. But let's talk about some of the, the wisdom that I feel like God has given me with, with all of this. The first thing that I really felt God speaking to me was taking as much off of your plate as possible. Many of us are overachievers and we load up our plates with all the things, right? Naturally, as moms, especially as mission-driven moms, we feel like every little thing has to be a priority. But when crisis happens and we go into survival mode, all of a sudden, a lot of those things that we thought were priorities just don't matter anymore. It becomes very difficult to do any extra task outside of pure survival. For me, this looked like carrying on with homeschool, planning elaborate activities for my children, concentrating on a lot of my work, housework, all that. It, it, was, it, was, it was hard. I felt like and continue to feel like actually that my energy has been completely zapped. My concentration has been foggy. My motivation is non-existent. Not to mention the social media and news media distraction is real, especially when you're choosing to use your voice via the media to fight for justice. So I've been on Twitter. I've been reading all these comments. I've been going down rabbit holes on social media and, you know, trying to do this work of, of social justice. And I wouldn't call myself an activist, but, you know, social justice and sharing my voice and sharing my stories and, and, and sharing why this is important and educating so many people in my DMs about why this is important and just 
trying to do my part that God has called me to do. Um, it's a lot, right? And when things were happening in Minneapolis, I was really sharing a ton because I wanted to make sure that the news wasn't, you know, that everything was erupting about the protests and the riots and everything which originally happened in Minneapolis to start. And, and it, was, it was devastating. It was devastating. But there was a lot that the media wasn't sharing or that they were falsely portraying. So I was trying to, you know, not only check in with people and make sure they were safe back home, back home. I mean, those are my friends, people that I grew up with that lived down the street from those riots and checking to make sure they were alive, that they were safe. And also figuring out like what's really going on back home and is this getting portrayed correctly and, and sharing what's really happening and communicating that with, with my mom and my other family members that don't, they're not on social media and they're only seeing what's happening on the news. Like, oh my goodness, there was just so much, so many tweets, so many replies, so many comments, so much, so much social media. I was going like overboard really. Um, but I felt like it was necessary. I, I, I honestly, in, in when that was happening, I was not feeling like I was doing the normal, like I'm distracted for no reason thing. I was literally diving into like, almost like pre, like not pre, um, I was gonna, like the old Caroline who was a journalist. I, I was a journalism major and I, I was literally diving into journalism mode and trying to find the story and do my own reporting because of my little platform that I have. I wanted to make sure that I was using that voice. So it was a lot of work. Um, and a lot of exhaustion, <laughs> a lot of exhaustion, which left me with basically just enough energy to do the bare minimum of normal life every single day. So if you've been feeling this way, if you've been feeling like you barely have the energy right now, know that you're not alone. And if you haven't been feeling this way, then perhaps you're totally tuned out to what's happening in the world right now or you know, like I've mentioned before, maybe you're not a human, maybe you're a robot or an alien. Sure, I won't tell anyone. But for those of us that are human and are tuned in and are feeling the weight and feeling all the things and just all of it, you're not alone if you're just like feeling a level of exhaustion that you didn't know was possible. Okay. So that being said, give yourself permission to take things off of your plate that don't need to be there. So do you really need to do as many activities with your kids as you usually do? Or can you tell your kids that they have to create their own fun for a while? Like if you're having a really hard day, is it better for you to force yourself and overexert yourself into maintaining this quote unquote normal image that you normally have or normal like I'm a I'm a routines person I'm a schedule person but that doesn't mean that things can't be altered so if you always do a craft at two o'clock every single day but today you're just not feeling the craft is it okay to stop the craft is the craft really that important no it's not you can set the pace you can choose to drop things that don't really matter you may just have to tell your kids hey mama's having a day we're not going to do a craft today it needs you to make your own fun or make your own thing or something along those lines. We're just going to sit here. We're just going to sit and play. I'm going to sit on the couch. I'm going to rest. I'm going to relax. We're going to order some pizza. Whatever you need to do, whatever you need to do to kind of just, just take the pressure off. That's okay. You have permission. You, you don't need to cook the elaborate meal if you're not 
feeling like you're in the mental space to do so. Just like I mentioned, you give yourself permission to order the pizza or order the Chipotle or order whatever or make your own food or do peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Like all of these things is okay. It's okay to be in survival mode in the middle of a crisis like this and honor your energy and mental capacity. It's okay. And I I think some, especially when it's like crisis mode and it's not like personal, like I think like, you know, if you're, God forbid, like I'm not speaking this in a room with anybody, but just I'll speak in my own, like my own experience, but like dealing with the death in the family, right? Or, or if you have like the flu or if you, you know, have like a, just anything that's like obviously like personal to you where it's like, you know, even when your kids are sick, like, let's be real. Like when your kids are sick, like who throws everything out the window and it's like, okay, no, this isn't happening. This isn't happening. Survival mode, get the soup, get, turn on Netflix or turn on PBS kids TV all day, not forcing anything hands off. Or, you know, if you're in your first trimester of pregnancy and you're throwing up everywhere, like you're in survival mode, right? There, there's so many times where we go in survival mode and I think we, we easily give ourselves permission when it's like a personal thing, but we, we feel as though if it's a national crisis and even if we're feeling all the weight and feeling all the emotion, especially something as devastating as what we're going through right now, but it's not happening to us like quote unquote personally, we probably, at least me, I can say that I do this, dismiss and think that the feelings aren't real or that I should be able to just power through. If you've ever felt that way, then, then we're, we're kindred spirits <laughs> because I, that's something that I deal with. I, I, I definitely felt like, you know, well, I didn't know George Floyd personally, so I shouldn't be grieving this hard and I just should be able to continue on with life as usual. Or, you know, I'm not in Minneapolis right now. I don't live there currently. It's just my hometown. So I shouldn't feel as bad and I should just power through. No. Why do we dismiss our feelings? We got to stop doing that. The, the crisis is real. The grief is real. Your mental load, your burnout, all of it is real. So being in survival mode in, a, in, a, in the midst of a national global crisis and or a personal crisis are both equally okay. And it took me several days to figure this out last week. It took me several days to be like, you know what, Caroline, you are grieving. You are not the same mom that you were last week. You are heartbroken. You're barely thinking straight. You're not sleeping. Well, I was tossing and turning all last week. Could, I was waking up multiple times a night in a panic. And I, and I expected myself to show up the same way every single day. And I had a guilt that I couldn't do that. If my friend had come to me and told me that that was what they were experiencing, would I have told her, girl, you better get it together? No. So why do we speak to ourselves the same way? We need to stop doing that. Seriously, speaking, preaching to myself. Okay. If we don't honor our energy and mental capacity, then we will hit complete burnout and it will be harder twice, three times as harder to actually recover from that. So we need to do the hard work now to prevent ourselves from hitting that extreme burnout later, right? That being said, the next thing that the Lord 
told me to do or taught me to do or made me do really forced me to do is sleep. If in, in, in these capacities with this amount of emotional stress, if you're naturally a night owl, you're normally a night owl, night owl, you got to go to bed an hour earlier. If you're normally an early riser, give yourself permission, an extra 30 minutes to sleep. Um, give yourself permission to sleep an extra 30 minutes. If you can take a nap in the middle of the day, because in, in these emotional circumstances, like now is not the time to sacrifice sleep to have that quote unquote time to yourself as a mom. Like I know that as moms, we tend to just, you know, cut sleep out when we want extra time. We want extra time to work. We want extra time to be. We want extra time to read. We want extra time to binge Netflix. Kids are finally asleep. Oh my goodness. Or in order for me to get all this quiet time, I, I want to get in the morning before I'm touched and poked and prodded. I need to wake up at like 4.30 and like, I get it. Trust me. Like I would love to wake up at 4.30 every single day and not feel completely and totally exhausted by that. Um, I haven't mastered that one yet, but I'm definitely in the 5.30 wake up camp. Um, as much as I possibly can be. And that's totally exhausting on a normal day, but there's no way that's happening when, when emotional stress is this high. There's no way, no way. But the thing is, for some reason, same thing, same, same mindset issue, we think that we should just be able to continue to power through. And uh, hey, if, you, if, if it feels good to you to do that, if it feels good to you, to cope in that way to get up extra early or go to sleep extra late, then do that. But if you're finding yourself extra exhausted because you're trying to power through something when you just need to rest, you need to listen to your warning signs that are flashing. Okay? You need to listen to your warning signs that are flashing. Step three is take a digital detox. Take a digital detox. That is like so, 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 so important. So important. Social media, the news media, it's, it's all really important right now. Like it's the reason why light is finally being shown on racial injustice and police brutality. And I'm so grateful for it. Social media is allowing us to use our voices and have conversations and really begin to be a catalyst for change. However, that is also exhausting, mentally taxing, and can cause more stress than you realize. So a digital detox is a must. It's a must. This means a detox from news, social media, anything related to the heaviness of what's going on right now. Now, if your detox still, if you want to still like have a Netflix binge, while you detox, I think that that's per- that's perfectly fine. Sometimes you need to watch something that will just take your mind away from everything because just because you turn off the news doesn't mean that you actually are turning off your mind, right? We all know like we go to sleep and our mind is still racing. Sometimes you have to force your mind to turn off for a bit, which means you might have to watch watch a show, read a book, a magazine for fun or something that's lighthearted, take a bath or a long shower, deep condition your hair, really any of those self-care things that help you unplug, keep doing them. You have permission, whether you're white, black, whatever color, you have permission to make self-care your top priority at all times, but especially in these times. With both the digital detox and the sleep, then 
you will have some energy reserve to be able to continue to show up for your kids, even if you're showing up in survival mode, but you're showing up in a way that is better than what you would have shown up if you weren't honoring and protecting your energy, which is the key here, the key right now, the key thing here right now. And that being said, then the last step is to just enjoy your kids, but you enjoy your kids with the pressure being off. So again, you've taken things off of your plate. You're getting more sleep. You're digitally detoxing when you need to so that you can just enjoy your kids. You've given yourself that time to unwind all the things and just enjoy your kids. Play with them or sit with them while they play. Give them extra cuddles and kisses. Have pillow fights, build a fort, watch a family movie, but take the pressure off. Just hang out, like just chill. Nothing elaborate, quality time, simple time, phones off, TVs off, no CNN, no nothing. Just lean in and enjoy. Because remember, our kids don't need the elaborate all the time. They just need us. I'm not saying this has to be your all day, every day. You have to, it's, it's a both and. Mind you, this was my last step after I told you to do all these other things to get you and yourself and your mind right. Then that will give you the space that you need to be able to enjoy your kids. Even if you're just enjoying them while you lay on the floor and they play a game on top of you because that's what my kids do a lot and I'm tired and I'm not feeling it. I just put everything down. I lay on the floor and I become my daughter's train and she's on my back and she's riding the train or she's riding a horse and I'm laying there and I'm just like, great, awesome. Have a ball. Go for it, girl. And you know what? I enjoy it. I might be tired. Like I might be so exhausted. I might not be interacting as much. I might be physically just not able to interact or or just exude as much energy as I would like to but I'm enjoying it and my daughter doesn't know the difference she's having a blast and she's getting her love tank filled because mama is right there in the middle in the midst being present for her playtime versus you know the times I'm off doing something else which both are equally fine and both are equally necessary the times that you take doing things to yourself equally necessary, your children will be fine, but there are going to be fine because you're also going to give them as much attention, the equal amount of time that you are away from them, you're going to give them with them. And, and that's always the key. That's always what they're looking for. That's always what they need, what they need. They don't need perfection. They don't need elaboration. They don't need, you know, all the things all the time. They just, they just need us. They just need us. I know that this is really hard right now. I know we are hurting and we are hurting for many of the same reasons and we're hurting for different reasons. We all have personal things going on, the difficulties of motherhood and parenting, as well as the collective grief we feel as a nation. Remember though, that the joy of the Lord is your strength. It is your portion. His strength is made perfect in your weakness. You can give God your weakness in exchange for his strength. You don't have to rely on yourself. Rely on him, lean on him. He is near to the brokenhearted. He is joy in the midst of pain. He is right here with us. He's fighting for injustice. He's healing our nation. I truly do believe that change is coming. And I struggle with that belief. 
until now. Honestly, I, I really thought I grew up kind of being trained to how, you know, just being trained to survive as being a black woman in America. You know, I was trained to, to live a certain way due to the color of my skin and I was prepared to raise my kids to live the same way. I was prepared. Okay, you know, time's going to come where they're going to lose their innocence. And I'm going to have to tell them that they have to work three times as hard to get to the same positions as their white counterparts in society. And that finding representation among everyday things in society is a rarity. For example, companies' Instagram pages where you only see white faces using all the products instead of black ones. Or going to the tail aisle and the tail, the toy aisle. And seeing one black doll for every 10 white dolls or having a really hard time finding makeup that matches your skin tone. Yay. To knowing how to act when you're out at night and when you're stopped by the police. Knowing that when you're the only black person in a group of white people, you will be seen as a code, the criminal and you will probably be the one to get in most trouble or all the trouble. Or knowing how to code switch so that some... More of my urban vernacular in the, um, was not used in the wrong environment. Because if it is, I'll be seen as the angry black woman. And my daughters will too. Like, I was prepared to teach my children, my daughters, all of these things. And I still am. These are things that I'm just used to. And I was still prepared to teach them. And I'm, I'm used to it. I, as much as I want things to change in my lifetime, I will be honest with you right now and say, I don't know that they, that they will. And I'm used to that and I'm okay with that. I've accepted that. But I don't want this to be the narrative that my daughters live. I don't want to have to teach them these lessons. I really, really don't. So I'm choosing to continue fighting and I hope that you're choosing to fight with us, fight with me, fight for your kids, regardless of what color they are too. Fight for inclusion fight for kindness, fight for humanity, fight for justice. Because I believe that if we do stick with this fight, if we really stick with it, that change is coming. It will be slow. Nothing happens overnight. But if we're committed to doing the work, change will come. And that is why it's so important for you to keep your cup full, protect your mental and physical energy, and keep showing up. This is just the beginning. Thank you for listening to the Mission Motherhood Podcast. You can check out the show notes for this episode at carolinejsumlin.com slash blog. If the content of this episode helped you in any way, please take a few minutes to share this episode with a mama friend, share this podcast to your Instagram stories, and leave us a review in iTunes and subscribe to the show. Thank you so much for listening, mama. See you next time.